Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Howdy, howdy, praise be to God, it's good to be here. Today is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023, and today is the Feast of St. Valentine. He was a Catholic priest and martyr who lived in the 3rd century. He's a patron saint of love, young people, and happy marriages. Valentine lived during a time when the Roman Empire was predominantly Christian, but the Emperor Claudius II had banned marriage and engagements in an effort to maintain a strong army. Valentine saw the suffering this ban was causing for the people of Rome and continued to perform the sacrament of marriages in secret in defiance of the ban. Eventually, Valentine was discovered and arrested by the Roman authorities. He was sentenced to death and imprisoned until the day of his execution. While in prison, he is said to have performed miraculous healings and conversions, and his jailer became a Christian after being converted by St. Valentine. Valentine was executed on the on February 14th. His feast was removed for the Roman calendar in 1969, but is still celebrated by Catholics and seculars alike today. Good morning to you. It is a blessed day. Happy St. Valentine's Day to you. I'm curious, what are your plans today? Are you taking someone special some flowers? Did you remember to get something for that someone special? Whether it be your wife, your husband, your uh, kids, your grandparents, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, have you celebrated? Have you figured out what you're going to do today? I'd like to know what you're doing. Uh, Tito Edwards is joining us. Good morning to you, Tito. Tito, you're going to want to turn your mic on. Salve to you and to you too, uh, Rudy. Today, uh, well, my wife, my beautiful bride is a little bit under the rev- weather, so we'll be having an uh, adoration in Mass and maybe some ice cream afterwards. Okay, it's very good, very good, very nice and calm. And a good way to do it, too, is uh, go see, visit our Lord, because, you know, if we're celebrating love, then why not go spend some time with God, right? Amen. Also, if I could, I'd like to ask uh, you to pray for my great-grandmother, Allegedly, according to the doctors, they say that she has less than seven days to live. I don't really know how that works. If you're a doctor, let me know. Uh, You can comment in our social media streams if you're watching there. And if not, uh, then at some point, stop and uh, pull us up on your social media stream so you can comment down below. But I'm curious, how on earth do doctors know when someone's going to die? Because I went to go visit her yesterday, and she seemed to be pretty fine She's 90 years old. She's very old, but she was eating. She was speaking. Um, I'm like, how do they know that she's going to die within seven days? I don't see any, it's not like has any kind of terminal illness. So that's kind of strange to me. Also, on an equally important note, um, could you please pray that I find my lost missile? Okay, I'm just kidding. It's not equally important, but I did lose my missile. It's my favorite missile. And more importantly, I had a picture of my. Uh, confirmation of my godson we and him were there and i that's in my missile and i lost it and i'm like bummer man so if you could pray to saint anthony that i find that i'd be very grateful is that your benedictine missile no it is my um my 1962 angelus press missile oh my yes. oh goodness so 
oh well, if it's lost, no big deal. My biggest thing is I want the I want the picture back because it was like a printed picture, so I don't have a digital copy of it. Sounds like a missile crisis. It is a missile crisis. One might say that's that's good though. It's good. You know, they need the the Beretta jokes too because you know the priest wears a Beretta. It's yes. like why is everything so uh, so military? And Berettas, <laughs> missiles, Saturnos. Saturnos. What are what is is, is that a military reference? No, I I don't know. A Saturno is is uh it, it's a priestly uh, a hairpiece, well hairpiece hat, and it it's circular. It looks like a cowboy hat, but a, a, a little smaller, and uh, it looks like the rings are around Saturn. So may, maybe that's why they call it Saturno. I'm not certain. Yeah, I think that's why. I was just curious if it had any like reference to like something militaryish, like Berettas and uh, missiles, things like that. It's very interesting. Uh, so at 15 past the hour, there are a ton of stories that we're going to be covering. It's kind of surprising at how much news was going on. Uh, Bishop Barron cancels the Latin Mass. The story is actually more complicated than sounds. UFOs spotted and shot down in the U.S. and Canada. Hmm, very interesting. Ohio train is derailed. I was surprised by how few people are talking about it. Where are all the environmentalists freaking out? I was like, this is their opportunity to uh, legitimately have concerns. And at 30 past the hour, Alan Smith, the founder of Bishop Sheen Today, is going to be on to discuss the seven last words of Christ on the cross. I'm thinking we're going to have Alan on once a week, every week for Lent, and we're going to talk about one of the words of Christ on the cross. I think that might be a good practice. Uh, Let me know what you think. And in the next hour, we're going to be talking about St. Valentine. I'm going to share with you a beautiful St. Valentine's Day poem. And our Fear and Trembling game show is going to be present uh, at the next hour as well. So a full, packed show. You're not going to want to miss it. You aren't going to want to miss not a single moment of today. Uh, But let's jump into prayer. Before we do, uh, let's pray for your intentions. We're going to offer up this prayer uh, for your a day, that you have a beautiful St. Valentine's Day, that you and everything is successful on this day, and that you give some glory to God and Our Lady as well. And if you don't have a Valentine's, day, a Valentine's today, well, just remember, you have Our Lady and you have Our Lord. So let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning. Today is Tuesday, February 14th, and these are your headlines for today. Catholic News Agency reports that the Super Bowl game-winning field goal was done by the Kansas City Chiefs' Butker while wearing his scapular. The 27-year-old kicker is outspoken about his Catholic faith, and many on social media were quick to point out that during the game he was wearing what appeared to be a brown scapular around his neck. The scapular, which is made up of two pieces of brown wool and is worn hanging across one's chest and back, is a sacramental from the Carmelite tradition. Asia News reports Chinese Catholics seeks news of detained bishop. Catholics in the Diocese of Xuanhua are looking for information about Bishop Augustine Kuitai, who has been in government t- custody almost continually for 16 years. Bishop Kuai was named by Pope Benedict XVI to become coadjutor bishop of Xuanhua in 2013. 
However, he has been unable to take his post because he remains imprisoned. The bishop has been granted a brief visit to relatives in recent years, but has not been seen since early 2021. The government has not provided any information as to where he is being held or what charges, if any, he faces. Alatea reports Pope Francis declares why, quote, I'm a good person, I don't hurt people, end quote, isn't enough. Fulfilling the rules of religion is good and necessary, but we can't get stuck just doing the bare minimum or following the letter of the law. Pope Francis made his remarks in his Angelus this past Sunday. Kirch and Leben reports that more than 2,000 priests in Germany will defy the Vatican by blessing couples in same-sex relationships. Father Stefan Rau of St. Joseph in Munster-Sud finds the No from Rome repulsive. He heads the Liturgy Commission of the Diocese, which has already worked on drafts for celebrating same-sex attraction couples. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. The Gospel of the Day comes from Mark chapter 8, verses 14 through 21. They had forgotten to take bread with them and had no more than one loaf in the boat. And when he warned them, look well and avoid the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They said anxiously to one another, we have brought no bread. Jesus knew it and said, what is this anxiety that you have brought no bread with you? Have you no sense? No wits even now? Is your heart still dull? Have your eyes that cannot see and ears that cannot hear? Do you remember nothing? When I broke the five loaves among the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They told him, Twelve. And when I broke the seven loaves among the four thousand, how many hampers full of broken pieces did you take up then? And they told him, Seven. Then he said to them, how is it that you still do not understand the gospel of the Lord? Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Before I jump into that, you know, it just reminded me, I was reading a reflection on today's saint of the day for St. Valentine. And John Gilarmi Shea in 1982, an American author and historian and was a father of American Catholic history, he said, as a reflection on St. Valentine, in the cause of justice and truth, prudence should not be held in account. Otherwise, prudence is mere human respect. St. Paul says, the wisdom of the flesh is death. And I just thought about that because Tito had mentioned the story of these many priests defying Rome and giving uh, same-sex blessings. St. Valentine died for the sacrament of marriage. Will we stand up and fight for the sacrament of marriage, or will we say, oh, you know, we need to be prudent. We need to not put our heads out, otherwise they get chopped off. No, it's a time for prudence. It's not now. The time for justice and truth is now. So let us stand up and defend marriage. Uh, the commentary in the gospel today, Cornelius Lapide says, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. The leaven is the doctrine of the Pharisees by which they taught their children to say to their parents, Corban or as well as other things contrary to the law of God. Basically here saying the Korban was, I'm going to put money into the church so I don't have to put money into taking care of my parents. 
We have a right, we have a duty to take care of our parents, just as our parents took care of us when we were young, and it is our duty when our parents are old that we take care of them. The leaven of Herod is a doctrine of the Sadducees, for with them, Christ had his most recent controversy in Matthew. For Herod, as well as many of the principles denied at that time, the Sadducees denied the immortality of the soul and lived as atheists. So Herod lived in adultery, killed John, and committed many other crimes, having no fear of God. For although he thought that John had risen again in Christ, yet that opinion did not arise out of faith, but was wrung out of him by fear. The Venerable Bede says, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, some may ask how they had no bread, when they had just filled seven baskets just before they embarked in the ship. But Scripture relates that they had forgotten to take them with them which is a proof of how little care they had for the flesh and other things, since in their eagerness to follow the Lord, even the necessity of refreshing their bodies had escaped from their mind. This is a very interesting point that Venerable Bede makes, right? Are we too concerned with the worldly things, or do we not trust in God enough? And, you know, our Lord says over and over that his grace is sufficient, right? He says over and over again that if he clothes the flowers in such beauty that if he feeds the birds of the air, how much more us, you and I, whom God loves, much more. And so it was a practice of many of the religious, including the Dominican friars, that they took nothing with them when they traveled. That when they traveled, it was they, they had to beg St. Dominic to just give them a piece of silver so they could buy a loaf of bread. It was a something that was not desired by St. Dominic at all. And finally, he relented and allowed one of the brothers to have a little bit of money for food. But nor, most of the brothers, they would travel into town with nothing, absolutely nothing. Why? Because they trusted that they would be supplied with the necessities. Now, this does not mean we're going to be rich. This is not some kind of prosperity gospel. Instead, it is saying that God will provide enough. That you will have what is sufficient for you. For there follows, and what Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reasons ye, because ye have no bread? Taking occasion then from the precept which he had commanded, and saying, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and of the leaven of Herod. Our Savior teaches them what was the meaning of the five and the seven loaves, concerning which he adds, And do you not remember, when I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments ye took up? For if the leaven mentioned above means perverse traditions, of course the food with which the people of God was nourished means the true doctrine. So what should we focus on today? We should focus on the true food of heaven. What does St. Thomas say? He said that is the true doctrine. Of course it's the Holy Eucharist, but it's also the true doctrine. Let us learn our faith. Let us be deep in our Catholic faith. Know it inside and out because that none can take away from us. We'll be right back with more stories in just one moment. Hi, it's your conscience here again. You know you want it. I'm talking, of course, about the 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. And on Friday, February 24th, it could be all yours if your name is drawn. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 each or 5 for 100 So what are you waiting for? 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of sacred ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. And thirdly, the rosary dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Then, on to praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and good morning to you. There's a lot of stories that were concerning. I'm going to mention a few of them. I'm going to get Tito's take on that real quick, and then I'm going to jump into two stories that are much larger. Uh, the first story, Biden administration shoots down UFOs. Uh, they missed the first missile, and then they, they landed the second one. It's happened twice. That was kind of weird. Also, people are now talking about aliens. I'm just going to go out and say aliens are not real. Um, if they are real, it's probably demons. And if it's not demons, it's probably a government psyop. Aliens in terms of extraterrestrials, not real, not happening. And the second thing, Super Bowl, uh, people are talking about that now. I didn't watch it, so I didn't talk about it yesterday, but I'm seeing the reports on it now. The Black National Anthem, I didn't even know that was a thing. There is a Black National Anthem. Why isn't the National Anthem for all Americans? Amen. So and why do they need a second thing? Uh, Rihanna pregnant, so everybody was talking about, oh, it's so great, she's so brave doing that with her child. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting was they said child. So they're now recognizing that the child in the womb is a baby? Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so those are the, the two things that I thought were interesting that I wanted to get Tito's comments on real quick. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for the alien invasion. I'm, I'm ready to, <laughs> to, to, to meet our, our new masters and our, our new overlords. I, I'm just curious as to what will happen now with the implementation. Are we going to keep Biden? Are we going to continue on our way? I'm not certain. I mean, there's so many things up in the air. I don't know what to do. On a more serious note, uh, it just seems like Biden's just shooting anything up in the air. So if you're flying today, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd uh, take note and not go on the plane or maybe... Make a prudential judgment. And uh, on something, on an item that Adrian said earlier about prudence, I recall Father Gerald Murray. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if it's not him. He said prudence is finding the time to make the right decision. It ne never means waiting to make the right decision because too many of our leaders wait and do nothing when crises arise. Uh, with, with that... Uh, I have my two cents worth for for the moment. Okay, okay, that's cool. Yeah, the, this whole these whole all these stories are uh, are pretty nuts. I just think it's so funny. Maybe it might be worth doing a whole story on on that later. But this story is very concerning. Uh, Bishop Barron canceled the TLM at a parish and moved it to a school chapel. Immediately, a bunch of people reacting one way or the other. There's a lot to be said. So I'm going to share with you the whole story because things started developing. The diocese made a comment about it, so I'm going to give you the whole story. But whoever said that the uh, the Bishop Barron is the hero here is not telling the whole truth. And people who said that Bishop Barron is a the most evil person on the planet also not telling the whole truth. And the the truth is in the middle. 
as usual. So a priest with additional information said, according to the Father Z blog, as someone who is aware of Bishop Barron's decision, the mass was not canceled. It was moved from a parish where it was being celebrated on a table to a college chapel. There is a high altar and altar railing. This is the chapel where high masses in the diocese are usually celebrated. And the request to move the mass came at the request of the priest responsible, Father Patrick Arins, for the community as a way of ensuring their stability and also closeness to the young people at the college who support the mass. Barron also granted the SSPX permission to celebrate mass and sacraments in the same chapel and assigned the priest responsible for the traditional community with the task of ensuring good relations with the SSPX. I thought that was interesting that the that Bishop Barron is basically granting permission for the SSPX to celebrate all the sacraments in his diocese now. And that's very interesting to me. Yes, it's uh, first he removes it from the parish and then he allows it at the Catholic chapel, the, the college chapel. <clears throat> the chapel itself is gorgeous. I understand that the parish where it was being held was not so gorgeous. Uh, good and bad all the way around. It's, it's just the confusion that is being caused by custodius traditionis. It, it just, why did we have to get to this point? Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, so a, someone who went to the college there at Winoa State University clarified, saying, the place that Bishop Barron moved the TLM is at Our Lady of the Angels Chapel at Cotter High School. He says the, the photo of the, of the chapel that was posted is not the college. It's the high school. Oh, my. And so I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So there's a lot of, and so I'm, I'm very yeah. curious to see how more information comes out. Uh, my friend, uh, Brother Martin, had made a comment. He said, if the TLM had been at the same parish for 10 years, he should have just installed a high altar and altar rail there. I'm sure families move to be closer to the TLM. If the chapel is further, this doesn't help form stable geographical communities, which is so true because I know families in a diocese um, that move to be closer to the TLM, and then they they canceled the Latin Mass on Sundays, and they literally moved. They bought a house so that their family could grow up going to the traditional Mass on Sundays. And so I, that and that does happen very frequently. It's sad. You're, you're correct there. The, the thing he made, the mistake, was removing it from the parish. I know my wife and I are planning. We're trying to move closer to our parish because we want to be part of the parish life over there. And, to, and for Bishop Barone to move it, granted, maybe it's a pretty chapel or not. We have to remember, not that many people are aware of where all the chapels are in, the, in their city or town or community. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know where half of the chapels are in, in, our, own, in our own diocese. So it seems like uh, a net negative. Yes, it's very good, interesting because a member of the faithful in the diocese had commented, if anyone cares, the TLM has, not, has been canceled not relocated from my parish in Mancota. This fact somehow was conflated to the entire diocese where a chapel in Winnowa, three hours away, still has a TLM. I never claimed a diocesan ban. These two parishes are not connected. So it seems there's more to the story, that there was one parish that was canceled and then one parish that was relocated. And so if you're at this other parish, because apparently this diocese is enormous eternal geographic area, even though it may just be sparsely populated, like kind of like Tyler, Texas, the three hours away is the, is the chapel. And this person's uh, chapel or parish, rather, was canceled. So that's very interesting. Uh, Brother Marting said that probably Bishop Barron was actually obeying Traditionis Custodis because Traditionis Custodis says that the TLM cannot be held in a parish church. 
the canonical status of the chapel at the college is probably other than parish and therefore qualifies as a place for the TLM to be held. That is that it is prettier is accidental, which is kind of confirmed by the diocese because the diocese released a statement saying this morning, a blogger, they're probably referring to Father Z, unrelated to the diocese of Winnowa, Rochester, posted an inaccurate comment about the future of the Usus Antiquior, the ancient use of the mass. I think it's interesting that they decided to use that term. At the, Usus, I like it. Yeah. Um, in the diocese, Bishop Robert Barron, in his pastoral concern for all the faithful of the diocese, including those with a special attachment to the traditional Latin Mass, has no intention of eliminating the celebration of the Mass in this form in the Diocese of Winnowa, Rochester. Rather, in seeking to follow the Church's laws more faithfully, the Diocese is currently in the process of discerning appropriate locations where the faithful adherents of these groups may gather for the Eucharistic celebration, which, as per the Vatican document, Traditionis Custodis, are to be places other than parish churches, Every effort is being made to find sacred spaces for this purpose, which suitably reflect the beauty and dignity of the liturgy. So it kind of confirmed everything Brother Martin speculated. Uh, they're just there. Bishop Barron is 100% in line with Traditionis Custodis. So that's just what happened. And uh, it is interesting, though, that the point about regularizing, essentially, the SSPX in his diocese. I think that's very fascinating that he did that. Yeah, it, it's interesting what he's doing. Uh, the SSPX came out of the blue, for, in my opinion, uh, and many others as well. It, it just, again, we're getting all these news reports that it's not a college, it's a high school chap- chapel. Then there is, there's another parish that was conflated with the original parish. And so it just se- it, it seems, it looks, it smells, it walks, it, it, it flies, it floats, uh, that the TLM is just being removed from any parish available. Yes, he's following the letter of the law, but <clears throat> that that is that. One might say it's not pastoral. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a lot more that could be said there, and I have a lot of thoughts, and maybe I'll share them during the after show. But there's another story that is very concerning, and probably more concerning for most people. I just think that's a very interesting point. Um, but this story is really concerning. I reported out of the Daily Wire, the Norfolk Southern train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, earlier this month. The derailment, which occurred on February 3rd, started a fire that lasted for several days. The a, One of the senators there said, while those plumes of smoke are now gone, many questions remain, he commented. We continue to monitor environmental reports from multiple agencies about the quality of the air and water in the region. I have heard alarming anecdotes about contaminated waterways and effects on wildlife. The government has been saying over and over again, I've been seeing, oh, there's no concern, the water's fine, the air is fine, don't even worry about it. Yet we've had, I've heard about animal deaths are being reported. Correct. Uh, There are 3,500 fish have died uh, reportedly. I can say reportedly because it hasn't been confirmed that that was the cause. Uh, toxic gas phosogen, which was used in World War One, was released. There have been uh, some other things that someone had reported that their their chickens started just died, and they said they're going to take Six. them into a vet so they can check to make sure that they're like let's let's see what caused this. Beyond the release of vinyl chloride, Norfolk Southern warned that the EPA that a number of other volatile industrial chemicals were released. One train contained ethanol glycol monobutol. Another has an amount of ethylyxol eclarate. Now, I'm probably butchering these chemical names. <laughs> it doesn't actually matter what the natural names are. What matters is that the substances can cause headaches, nausea, vomiting, dizziness. The latter is 
categorized as a carcinogen in laboratory experiments. It was reported that the the it, there are, is the National Cancer Institute categorized it as a carcinogen linked to a rare form of liver cancer called hepatic hepatic anogyosarcoma, as well as lymphoma, leukemia, and various forms of brain and lung cancers. This is a big deal. Uh, the agency said if a water supply is contaminated, vinyl chloride can enter a household air when the water is used for showering, cooking, or laundry. That's a big deal. And people are now commenting about Pete Buttigieg saying, where is he at? This is like the fifth crisis that he's been a transportation secretary of. And I'm curious, what is his job actually? Because I don't even know. Uh, there's been the, he ruled over the delays and cancellation of Southwest Airlines, the FAA grounding all national flights due to system outages, the Chinese surveillance balloon. What exactly is his job? I'm not exactly sure. Um, lastly, before we run out of time, they said that the they they actually they're wearing masks and things like that and having air purifiers are not going to be helpful because they are the particulates are too small and so the a Ohio State University indoor air quality professor says air cleaners and face masks are likely no match for these hazardous materials. That's also very concerning. Another thing is Texas train derailment happened yesterday as well. A hundred gallons of diesel was released and, quote, no major chemicals to be concerned about. And color me skeptical. So <laughs> there's a lot of things happening, a lot of very concerning situations. And the big thing is, why is nobody talking about this? It's very weird. I haven't seen any mainstream media picking it up, and I've only ever seen independent outlets talking about it. We're sending an F-16 to shoot down a little boy's red balloon. And there's this huge contamination going on in the Ohio River Valley. This is this is silly. We're living in in clown world right now. I feel like we've entered a bizarre world. The Twilight Zone. Yes. Well, the good news is, Our Lady is still in charge. So let's give Our Lady some praise today on St. Valentine's Day. Go buy some flowers for her and drop them off at her feet. She will be your protectress, for she loves and desires your good more than anything else. We'll be right back with Bishop Sheen today, Alan Smith. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 A.D., 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed at a church down the street.
Hey Sita, how do you ask, do you love Catholic radio in German? Liebst du das katholische Radio? How about support it by purchasing car raffle tickets for a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250? Unterstütze es mit dem Kauf eines Tickets, mit dem du einen 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 gewinnen kannst. Hmm, okay. How about get yours at grnonline.com forward slash raffle? Kauf eins auf grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Thank you. I needed that for a PSA. Cool. When are you recording it? Right now. Oh, danke. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023, and these are your headlines for today. Catholic News Agency reports that after coming under fire for not responding to an FBI memo targeting pious Catholics, Richmond Bishop finally condemns the FBI memo. He's calling the memo a threat to religious liberty. Bishop Nistat called on lawmakers to ensure that such offenses against the constitutionally protected free exercise of religion do not occur again. Achi Prenza reports a priest has been shot to death in Mexico. The Diocese of San Juan de los Lagos in Jalisco State, Mexico, mourned the February 10th shooting death of one of its priests, Father Juan Angelo Fonseca. According to the Mexican newspaper El Financiario, the 53-year-old priest was shot from behind with two blasts of a shotgun. Vatican News reports Pope upholds Mary as a bond of communion for the people of God. Pope Francis expresses joy for the twinning of two geographically distant sanctuaries dedicated to Our Lady of Guadalupe, remarking on how Mary is always a bond of communion for the holy people of God. Mexico's most visited shrine, Our Lady of Guadalupe, has been twinned with a less well-known sanctuary devoted to Mexico's patron saint in the Spanish town of Guadalupe in the region of Extremadura at the feet of the Sierra de los Villahuercas. Finally, a Latia reports celebrating St. Valentine in the French village of San Valentin. San Valentin is a village 260 kilometers from Paris with fewer than 300 inhabitants. It welcomes visitors every year for St. Valentine's Day. The village is honoring St. Valentine by celebrating Mass in the 12th century church. Another unique feature of the yearly festivities is the opportunity for couples to seal their love for each other with a confirmation of marriage. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And before we join with Alan Smith, I want to remind you that we're giving away a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 in polar white. And you can uh, purchase a one of these raffle tickets to get a chance to win this brand new Mercedes-Benz by going to grnonline.com and finding the tickets there. They're $25 for one ticket or five for $100 or... Even better, the best way you could support us is by contacting your local general manager, purchasing tickets directly from your local GM, and then you say, hey, I want to support Catholic Radio, so let me take a few tickets and let me sell them to my friends and family on the GRN's behalf. That would be awesome. And tell them Catholic Drive Time sent you. It'd be awesome to let them know. Uh, make, make me some uh, more friends throughout the GRN. Uh, but joining us right now is Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning, Adrian. Happy Valentine's Day to you, my friend. 
Happy Valentine's Day to you. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any plans for, for Valentine's Day? Yes, I do. Uh, my good wife and I have been married almost 38 years, and so uh, uh, we still uh, like to celebrate, um, you know, our our vocation to marriage. And so uh, we call on the intercession of the saints all the time. And so this is a great opportunity for us to call on Saint Valentine to help us in our spiritual endeavors. Did uh, did Fulton Sheen ever write about Saint Valentine's Day? I'm just thinking about that now. I'm like, he did a radio show day practically daily for a long time. And he's had to have made a comment about St. Valentine's Day at some point, right? I'm sure he did. I'll have to Google it and um, push some of the, you know, the search uh, engines to the limit there on right. that uh, question. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that'll be my homework today. Okay, to look cool. That up. All right, report back to me, and I'll be able to uh, to tell everybody. I was like, yeah, Fulton Sheen had a had a whole talk on St. Valentine's Day. I did a quick cursory search this morning, and I couldn't find anything. People were just saying, oh, go read his commentary on this, or go read uh, his Three to Get Married. It's practically the same thing as St. Valentine's Day. I was like, eh, well, I mean, it's about love, but I'm curious if he, if he had anything explicitly about St. Valentine's Day. I'd be very curious. Uh, but, you know, the reason why we're having you on is we're getting really close to Lent, and we're going to have a guest on later on to talk about um, practices for Lent, how to do Lent. But I want to talk about a meditation for Lent. Uh, Fulton Sheen did the famous Seven Last Words of Christ every year. And I want you to tell me about that. Right. Yeah. Fulton Sheen, um, many people have watched one video. It's called His Last Words. And it was his Good Friday Address from 1979. And when he got to the podium, he said, this is the 58th consecutive year that I've spoken about our blessed Lord's passion, his death, his resurrection, but intentionally focusing in on the seven last words he spoke from the cross. So 58 consecutive years. And uh, his radio reflections began in the early 30s. And, of course, all of uh, America was tuned in to the voice of Fulton Sheen uh, talking about this great sermon, uh, this sermon from Mount Calvary, we think of the Sermon of the Beatitudes, and people call that the Sermon on the Mount. But this Sermon from the Mount, Mount Calvary, is the words of a dying man, the words that he really wanted to leave us with to meditate on each day. And uh, these seven last words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son, and to the apostle he loved, behold your mother. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst, it is finished, and Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. This is the greatest sermon ever preached, these seven last words. And Fulton Sheen brought to our attention the importance of these seven last words every year uh, through his media apostolate, be it radio, television, or print. Yes, I thought it was, I, I listened to pretty much every single one of them that's been, that's uh, available on YouTube and I, I, many people know I love Fulton Sheen. I just, I'm a huge devotee to, to Sheen. And I've read the book published by Sophia, which you shared with me that it's a number one right now on Amazon in a number of categories, uh, Seven Last Words. I read that book and uh, for Lent two years ago, I believe, or maybe it was last year. I think it might have been two years ago. And I absolutely loved it. It blew me away. Because Sheen, it's not, it's very interesting because what he does is he doesn't just talk about the, a biblical, a Bible study. It's more practical and more appeals to our very lives and, and changes us 
directly. Could you speak about that for a moment? Right. Yeah. So every year, Fulton Sheen um, spoke on a theme uh, because he knew we had to work on certain areas of our life. So, for example, in 1939, Fulton Sheen's Lenten series of talks that he gave were on the seven deadly sins. And he wanted to give us an antidote to those seven deadly sins in the seven last words. And so people who suffer from the sin of anger use the words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, people who struggle with the sin of gluttony, uh, the words, I thirst, uh, we're gluttonizing over food, drink, but also sports and entertainment. Yet we never even spend a few minutes with our Lord each day. Um, but he wanted to just kind of prick the conscience of those who were listening to say, look what our Lord did for us, yet what do we give him in return? And so every year he had this theme. So one year it was on the seven deadly sins. Another year he talked about virtue and how to practice virtue and tied them into the seven last words. Another year it was the Beatitudes and the seven last words. Our Lady, Calvary in the Mass from 1936 was his reflections tying in the seven last words to the seven parts of the Mass. So he was teaching us about life every year through his addresses, and of course, getting us to just uh, memorize and to learn to heart um, this beautiful sermon from Mount Calvary. And uh, I tell you, he's helped me in my own personal life how to deal with difficult people and how to share the gospel. So uh, he had this special gift. He surely did. Hi, this is uh, Tito. I have a question tangential to the topic we're talking about. There's so much wisdom coming from Fulton Sheen and his radio and, and TV appearances. I was curious to know, what was his personal devotion? What was his spiritual life like? I'm, it seems, it sounds as if he, he may have even wore a hair shirt. Yes, um, it is true. He did wear a hair shirt, but he said to us, um, you know, you don't have to wear a hair shirt anymore. Your neighbor is your hair shirt. So, uh, you know, again, he was very kind to us in that regards. But as far as his personal prayer life was concerned, I, I tell this story often that Fulton Sheen, if you ever see pictures of his own personal apartment, his private chapel, um, in his apartment at the foot of his bed was a five foot tall crucifix. And so every morning when he woke up, the first thing he saw was this crucifix. Uh, before he went to bed, he saw the image of our Lord crucified on the cross. So the cross was, again, a touchstone for him. Um, I think of the great saints, of course, how they preached about, unless I preach Christ and him crucified. Uh, so he had the cross on his mind. But his uh, prayer life was tied into, of course, Eucharistic adoration and being with our Lord. He preached about the holy hour and how we have to try to carve out of our busy schedule an hour each day with our blessed Lord. And Fulton Sheen never missed his daily holy hour in 62 years. He was faithful wow. to the holy hour a year in and year out. So, uh, and of course he was very Marian. Um, of course he loved Our Lady and spoke about her often, uh, visited Lourdes 30 times uh, and other Marian apparition sites. And so of course loved the Blessed Mother. So of course he was Eucharistic, he was Marian, and of course he was uh, very much uh, a devotee to the cross. And of course his preaching shows that. Awesome. Thank you very much, Alan. And when we come back, we're going to discuss the first word of Christ on the cross. We had mentioned it's Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
And I have a little announcement about a series we're going to be doing for Lent this year. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D. And so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel. All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. I bet you're wondering to yourself, how can I win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C? Easy. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Only $25 a ticket or five tickets for $100. The drawing is February 24th, 2023. So, do you feel lucky? Well, do ya? Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today we're talking with Alan Smith with Fulton Sheen today. And we're on to discuss the seven last words of Christ from the cross. And Alan gave me a great idea yesterday. He said, well, what, what, about, what if we had me on to talk about the seven last words every week during Lent? And I was like, that's a great idea. I was trying to calculate the amount of weeks in Lent. And I came with, up with six. I think that's probably right. I may be miscalculating at some point. Uh, but if today is a week before Lent starts, because Ash Wednesday is next Wednesday, and this is a perfect opportunity. So I figure, well, today let's focus in on, in the first segment, talking about the seven last words in general, which we just did. And then in this segment, talking about the first word, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then every week after, we will focus in on another word. And if you want to follow along with us, you're welcome to find The Cries from Jesus from the Cross by Sophia Institute Press. You can get that on Amazon or Sophia Institute Press. I highly recommend it. It's a great, great book. Uh, but, Alan, uh, welcome back to the show. Let's start with the first word, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I want to read a passage from Sheen real quickly. It is a short, ver- a short passage and get your comments on, on that point. Because I believe it's so profound what Sheen says here. He says, The congregation anxiously awaited his first word. The executioners expected him to cry, for everyone pinned on the gibbet of the cross had done it before him. Seneca tells us that those who were crucified cursed the day of their birth. The executioners, their mothers, and even spat on those who looked upon them. Cicero tells us that at times it was necessary to cut out the tongues of those who were crucified to stop their terrible blasphemies. Hence, the executioners expected a cry, but not the kind of cry that they heard. I want to stop there and then get your take, Alan Smith. Uh, What say you? Yes, um, again, the cry that our Lord spoke from the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And 
I think it caught everybody off guard because, as you had said earlier, uh, Adrian, uh, the previous executions that had happened for hundreds of years, if not centuries, uh, those who were being executed, um, you know, just uttered blasphemies. Blasphemies. They uh, said a lot of nasty things. And even the two thieves beside our blessed Lord were uh, mocking him, uh, of course, uttering blasphemies uh, because they were in this agony. But yet our Lord, in a very composed and um, divine way, forgives his enemies. And uh, really, again, he's sending out this cry to the world to say, forgive. Um, he's asking God the Father to forgive um, mankind. But yet he's still asking us now to um, take this to heart and say, where can you forgive? And it really is an inspiration. And, um, you know, I think of how Fulton Sheen uh, would then apply that word to, um, you know, this, the seven virtues or the seven deadly sins. But uh, with that word, Father, forgive them, uh, especially um, when attached to the words um, or to the vice of anger. Um, again, we really have to look at that. I, my neighbor drives me uh, insane sometimes, uh, what he does. Um, but yet, I, I don't know my neighbor. I really don't, uh, because only God knows that. And his mandate, God's mandate, is to judge, not me. And so I have to realize that God has forgiven me of so much, so many sins. I need to have that same compassion on my neighbor, uh, because unless I forgive him, how can I expect God to forgive me? So that's just one example of Sheen's writings uh, on that word, Father, forgive. Yeah, the other point that I thought was very fascinating was the fact that Sheen talks about that our Lord was innocent, yet he did not claim innocence. He did not say, I'm innocent. Free me from this cross. He didn't say, he didn't condemn people. He didn't say, you'll suffer for this. But instead, he asked God, forgive them. And the other point that is interesting is, for they know not what they do. Our Lord even gives an excuse for them. He says, he's excusing them of their crimes, saying, look, God, they, they're not, they don't know. They don't know better. So please forgive them. And he, I really believe that he's giving a model to us on how we should excuse other people's sins. We should give no excuse for our own, but create as many for our neighbor. What do you think, uh, Alan Smith? Yeah. And, and I think it's this whole idea of forgiveness and saying you're sorry. Uh, we think of our confession and I know we always try to put a bug in people's ear about uh, going to confession during the season of Lent. But Fulton Sheen in 1945 talked about, um, what he liked to call uh, the value of ignorance. He was using Our Lady's words, uh, of course, uh, that she uh, spoke when she said, um, you know, how could this be? Because I not know not man. Uh, there was a beauty in not knowing. And uh, again, when we think about not knowing, there is what Fulton Sheen talks about is the university of unlearning, going to this school of unlearning and we're having our sins blotted out. And it's that confession. Uh, that good confession during Lent that will wipe away um, um, our blackboards, like so to say, uh, using a Sheenism. But it's this whole sense of God does better writing on a blank canvas than he does on a page full of our scribbles. And so, uh, again, the University of Unlearning, which is 
the uh, confessional, uh, again, something to do that where Our Lady would say to us uh, and ask us to be good sons and daughters to say, go to confession. Um, it's better to not know than to know. So um, like an idea, but still with with regards to making a good confession and forgiving, I think there's the reason why there's so much sickness in the world is because of unforgiveness. We learn, we need to learn to forgive. And maybe we can have a Lenten resolve to try to forgive one or two people in our lives and make that our project. Amen. Amen. I think it's, it's so necessary because we even say in the Our Father, uh, forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And if we don't forgive others, whew, that's a, uh, a tough place to be in that I wouldn't want to be. Uh, the other point, uh, Fulton Sheen does a, a talking about victory over vice. He talks about the, the virtue of fortitude. And I thought it was interesting because fortitude relates back to what we talked about at the top of the hour. We mentioned about St. Valentine dying for the sacrament of marriage and so many others like him. The gospel for the day was on John the Baptist, referring back to John the Baptist, rather, talking about Herod and he killing John the Baptist for marriage. And that fortitude that we must have, what did Fulton Sheen, how did he relate the virtue of fortitude to the topic of the cry from our Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do? Yeah, I think with fortitude, I'll quote one short line from Fulton Sheen. I think um, one thing I find about reading Fulton Sheen is that uh, you have to keep putting the book down. You read a passage and you go, that is so true. That is so true. And the book, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, is full of these beautiful passages that will uh, give you something to ponder on. But I share here from that chapter about fortitude. Sheen writes, Not a single sentence can be found in the words of our divine Lord, promising you the love of the world because of your faith. But you can find a golden string of text warning you that the world will hate you because you are his. And this is what we have to accept, is that the more that we commit to Christ and, of course, uh, carry his banner, the more we will be persecuted, maligned. And um, again, it's not a great feeling, but still it's necessary. And we need to pray for this virtue of fortitude to help us to endure. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to talking about ignorance for a moment, uh, Sheen had this amazing passage on ignorance that, that just blew my mind when I was reading it because I just never... I just never considered it that way. And Sheen, in, in the way that he does that no one else really can do, I guess the only other person that's comparable really is G.K. Chesterton, is he talks about ignorance in a way that is not what you expected. He talks about to Jesus who forgave those who, knew, who know not, to Mary who won God because she could say, I know not. Pray that you may know not evil and thus be good. Honestly, if you have the choice now, either of learning more about the world or of unlearning the evil you know, would you not rather unlearn than learn? Would you not be better if you were stripped of your wickedness than if you were clothed in the sheepskin of diplomas? That really struck me because how often do people in our modern culture say things like, well, if, would you ever change anything about your life? They say, no, even the bad things. And they say, no, I think the bad things, my sins, my badness and my past, I think they are, they brought me to where I am and therefore I would change nothing. Whereas Sheen is saying, we should desire to not ever have known evil. 
what do you think, Alan Smith? Yes, and so true. I think um, we're in this debate all the time where we say, well, we need to have more education. If we have more education, we'll make better choices. Well, we should be making the best choices in the world because we have so much education here in North America. So, you know, that's a fallacy. But how many of us try to learn our faith, study our catechism? Uh, these are all things. And, um, you know, I think we have to resist the temptation to be uh, a humanist. And, and Fulton Sheen talks about that when he relates the words, Father, forgive them. Because the humanists of today are a big on humanity, but not divinity. Mm. Um, they were the people at the foot of the cross saying, come down, come down. If you just come down from the cross, we'll believe in you. Um, but uh, stop, <laughs> stop pricking our conscience. Stop making us, uh, challenging us with your teachings. And so uh, there are a lot of humanists in the world. And sometimes we can join their ranks, but we have to resist that. Uh, so again, it's this whole idea of studying our faith learning our faith, and um, knowing that that's true education. Um, and, of course, that we will be judged on uh, how much did we really love our Lord and love his teachings. Uh, he said in sacred scripture, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Um, do we know what his commandments are? Right. <laughs> Sometimes we have to ask that question. <laughs> right. That's certainly a good point because you, our Lord does say that. He says what? The first commandment is to love your God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And the second is like unto it to love your neighbor as yourself. And people say, see, the gospel is easy. But then you say, well, what does it mean to love God? And our Lord tells us explicitly to keep his commandments. If you love God, you will keep his commandments. So if you don't keep his commandments, you do not love God. The point on the humanist, I heard this quote. I don't know where I heard it from. I didn't make it up. I wish I did. But if anyone wants to just give me credit, that's fine. Uh, the, it said the, the humanist love humanity but hate humans. Whereas Christ loves humans. I thought that was very interesting. That was a very good point. Uh, Alan Smith, if you want to come back and join us during the after show, you're welcome to do so at 30 past the next hour. Uh, maybe Alan will be able to join us. But if not, thank you, Alan. The cries from Jesus from the cross is the anthology that he put together. God bless you. God love you, Alan. God love you. And we'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time after this short break. We're going to have a discussion about St. Valentine's Day and our Fear and Trembling Game Show. So join us if you can. If not, see you again tomorrow at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, here on Catholic Drive Time. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith-alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's hearts, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and early Church Fathers ever wrote anything 
anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching at the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. Marty, the TRN is raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. Whoa, Doc, that's heavy. What, are we going to have to like go back in time to get tickets? Not at all, Marty. Just call 888-784-3476 or go to grnonline.com. We better hurry, Marty. The drawing takes place February 24th, the year 2023. We really need one of those smartphones, Doc. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. This is KSHJAM 1430 Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are 100% listener supported. And do you know what that means? This is your radio station. Thank you so much for your generous support. Not just to our friends and family, to our wife, our husbands, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our significant others, but also let's give some love to our Lord and to our Lady today. If you're going to go buy flowers for someone special, buy just one extra and drop it off to Our Lady. Maybe you have a little shrine in your home set aside for Our Lady. Drop a flower off to her. That would be a really awesome thing to do for St. Valentine's Day. I'm very curious about what your plans for St. Valentine's Day are. I would be very interested to hear. You know, the this is such a beautiful day that it's kind of been co-opted by the culture. In fact, it's kind of funny because the, the Roman calendar the new calendar and published in 1969 and it actually took saint valentine off the calendar which is funny because you can you buy a calendar it says valentine's day but it doesn't say saint valentine's day because it's still a secular holiday that everybody does but uh they took it off the roman calendar i i think it's sad for me to say that within my lifetime they've dropped the word saint i remember clearly they would say saint valentine's day then something happened in the 90s and it just went away on the wayside but on the other hand, we have to be kind of proud as Catholics because I believe Americans love Catholic holidays. St. Yes, Patrick's Day, All Hallows' Eve, St. Valentine's, Christmas. And so the solution is not, because so many, many Catholics I hear them be like, we can't celebrate these secular holidays. That is not the solution. The solution is to take them back. Amen. Repossess them and celebrate them. We should have processions on these days, mm-hmm. you know, where, where aren't, there aren't any. It, just to take them back because, as you can see, as the culture around us continues to seep into us, St. Patrick's Day uh, Parade in New York City is now uh, the, the second pride parade of the year for, for NYC. So uh, I agree with you. We need to take them back, and there are ways to do it. Absolutely. And I want to say happy Valentine's Day to Genevieve. She said happy St. Valentine's Day to CDT. And Genevieve is uh, well, probably our youngest Catholic drive time supporter. So happy Valentine's Day to you, Genevieve. We appreciate you listening. 
uh, I wanted to share with y'all a poem, a couple poems. Uh, one poem that's about Valentine's Day in general by W.B. Yeats. You may have heard of him, a famous poet. And then I want to share with you a couple poems about Our Lady that I think are just beautiful things to meditate upon on this St. Valentine's Day. Uh, so the poem from W.B. Yeats. When you are old and gray and full of sleep and nodding by the fire, take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad serenade and loved your beauty with love false or true. But one man loved the pilgrim soul in you then loved the grace of your changing face and bending down beside the glowing bars murmur a little sadly how love fled and passed upon the mountains overhead and hid his face amid a crowd of stars when you were old by wb yates i thought it was beautiful because talking about how the things change and time passes and i was thinking about uh alan saying he was celebrating his what 34th anniversary for his uh marriage 38 38 yeah that's amazing that that is amazing, and I I concur with you that that is a beautiful poem. We should do more poetry on this on this podcast on this uh, show, because poetry has fallen so out of fashion these days. Especially after he, my eye my eyes my ears cringed at the inauguration address <laughs> when Biden had that poet come out there, and and I was I don't know if you can call him a poet. Or, yeah, I I know I know <laughs> the stuff I wrote in high school is better than that, and and I. Uh, entered college with the remedial understanding of English. So that's right. That. That's crazy. Yeah, the was, Spanish was your first language, right? Yeah, Spanish was my first language, and uh, the educational system in the state of Alaska did a thorough job of teaching me English, but erasing most of my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting because you know we love today doesn't last, and that's kind of a problem with yes. young people today. I know many many of my friends are terrified of marriage because they had broken marriages in their family, their parents, their grandparents, aunts, uncles, et cetera, et cetera. And it's so beautiful. You look in the past and you see these poetry talking about uh, looking at their face as, as your grace of your changing face and love the grace of your changing face. That as the person gets older, they may lose their, their, their shine and their, they grow wrinkles, things like that. But the fact that it's happening doesn't need to be ugly. It doesn't need to be bad. In fact, it's kind of interesting because we hate getting old so much that people will do get Botox and they'll dye their hair and they'll do all these things to make themselves appear younger. And yet Yates saying, and love the grace of your changing face. What a beautiful thing to say. That, that is so eloquent how he put it that way. And, and, and yes, I, I, I understand that the young people not wanting to get married because of broken marriages or dysfunction in their family life and not wanting to repeat it. For, for, for me, for my, I want to speak from my own example. I, I embraced the Holy Family as my image. I embraced St. Joseph mm. as my uh, father after my own uh, terrestrial father. And I learned so much in, in, in studying the Holy Family and embracing marriage and getting married. I waited way too long to get married, and I should have done it the moment I left high school, meaning that, that, be open to marriage. And there, there are ways to do, that you can do to help prevent the mistakes that you witnessed in your own life growing up. 
and that is just to to study and witness the Holy Family, be around people and ask questions of those that have come from intact families. Mm-hmm. I, if I were 18 again and looking around, same age as Adrian, I'd be hanging out with Adrian. Adrian came from, you came from a really nice, and not every family's perfect, but my goodness. Just mine. Yeah, just yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm very grateful. The more I hear about uh, my friends and, my, uh, and people like that who, who have these experiences, I'm like, wow, I mean, I'm so grateful to my parents for staying together. I'm grateful for my parents for being a loving family. Like every Valentine's Day, my mom would get all the kids Valentine's Day gifts. Um, so she would always do that and make a special meal and things like that. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it's such, such a beautiful little thing. Uh, I want to switch over and talk about Our Lady. Our, I love Our Lady so much. It's such a beautiful thing. If you want to do something special for Our Lady, maybe get, get with your spouse. I know Tito said he's going to go to adoration with his wife. Get with your spouse and pray a rosary, dedicating it to Our Lady, just in thanksgiving and in, in love to Our Lady. If, if there, there's other th- little things that you can do, get a small bouquet and go mm, go mm-hmm. to the nearest uh, parish and place it at the foot of Mary. There's always the, the Marian side of the, of the parish church. Uh, again, going to adoration and praying in front of uh, uh, our, uh, our Lord with, and with uh, Mary at his side. <clears throat> it's, it's a beautiful expression of your, of your love for the, your significant other to, to do something holy as that. And I cannot tell you how many graces that you will receive just by sitting and, and meditating and staring into Jesus' eyes in the Holy Eucharist. Amen. I want to read this poem by St. Amadis of Luzon, a Cistercian. It's called, uh, Through Thee to Us, Our Savior Came, Sweet Lady of the Rosary. And it goes, Through Thee to Us, Our Savior Came, Through Thee to Him we fain would go. Our lives are marred by wrong and shame, yet confidence in thee we know. The friendship thou dost give to all, who love thy name shall ever be. Assurance thou wilt hear our call, sweet lady of the rosary. Thou art our strength upon the way, our morning star to cheer and guide, our beacon light to show the day, and lead us to the Savior's side. A comforter in every pain, we find, O Mother, blessed in thee, and seek we never thee in vain, fair lady of the rosary. Thy praises, Mary, we would sing, and all our faculties employ, that unto thee our hearts might bring a glory crown of love and joy. Bless thou each humble effort made in thy regard and grant that we may by thy influence be swayed, our lady of the rosary. That's such a beautiful, beautiful poem, just expressing our confidence in Our Lady, and showing that what greater love can we have than to echo the words of St. Luke, echo the words of the angel, echo echo the words of St. Elizabeth. What glory does it give to our Lord, and what glory does it give to Our Lady who prophesied that all generations would call her blessed? That is such a serene and graceful poem you just recited there. I'm uh, at a loss for words, but I I have to say, wow, I I just fell in love with Our Lady again. Yeah, right? I just love it. Uh, And one last poem I want to read by St. Alphonse Liguori. St. Alphonse Liguori, if you've never read Glories of Mary, I highly recommend it. I can't recommend it enough. It's such a beautiful, beautiful book on just how great our Blessed Mother is. And it's an analysis of the Salve Regina is what what the book is based off of. 
Uh, this poem is called Fly My Soul with Mary Fly. St. Alphonse Liguori says, Fly my soul with Mary Fly, soar beyond the golden sky, mount to Mary's throne on high. Bright the queenly crown she won, sweet the reign she has begun. As she stands beside her son, fly my soul with Mary Fly. How endure this long delay? Living here, how can I stay? From such beauty far away, fly my soul with Mary Fly. Sad my lot is here below. Who can hope or life bestow? Who will help our pity show? Fly, my soul, with Mary fly. But although far away from me, still our sovereign queen will be, full of love and clemency. Fly, my soul, with Mary fly. With a mother's loving care, she will lift those hands so fair and will save us by her prayer. Fly, my soul, with Mary fly. Mother's heart can ne'er forgot, and we are her children yet, by such dangers fierce beset. Fly, my soul, with Mary fly. Gently still she bends her eyes on the soul that longs and sighs for her love the heavenly prize. Fly, my soul, with Mary fly. Bless the soul who, like the dove, born upon the wings of love, follows her to heaven above. Fly, my soul, with Mary fly. So beautiful. And the thing about it, echoes St. Thomas Aquinas when he was asked, what must I do if I want to be saved? And his one line as an answer was, will it? And this is echoing right here where he says, how endure this long delay? Living here, how can I stay? From such beauty far away, fly my soul with Mary fly. Saying that, he's saying, direct your will to Our Lady. If you place your will in the heart of Our Lady, in the Immaculate Heart of Mary, where else can you go but to heaven? Where else can you go but fly with Our Lady to the heights of heavenly glory? Will it. Who said that again? St. Thomas Aquinas. I love it. Will it. That's love right there defined. It, it just dawned on me where I've heard something similar to what you just uh, said. And by the way, that was a splendid poem. The, when when uh, my wife and I are doing our annual consecration of Mary, the St. Louis de Montfort devotion, uh, we at the end, when we're done, we we cite the Ave Maristella. Mm, are you familiar yes. with that? Yes. That is another... Stunning poem. Yes, yeah, stunning poem. Wow. We, yeah, we need to rethink this and maybe add a poetry segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's amazing. I used to hate poetry. Uh, as a child, as a young person. And I think the reason was because I was only ever given like modernist poetry that makes no sense. And they're like, what do the blue curtains symbolize? And I'm like, maybe the curtains are just blue. <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? Uh, so I always kind of had a, had a love-hate relationship with poetry. But when I start seeing this religious poetry written by saints and these great uh, literary giants, I'm like, wow, like, maybe poetry isn't so bad after all. So it's just something that I think is very interesting. And I, I think it'll be something that we should start thinking about more often. But that'll lead us right into our game show, Fear and Trembling. If you want to join us, if you want to be on the call, just dial 877-757-9424. The number to join us on the Catholic Drive Time 
Fear and Trembling Game Show, 877-757-9424. Dial now and you can be our contestant. The number is 877-757-9424. One more time, 877-757-9424. We're waiting on you to call in right now. Holy raffle, Batman! The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile. Great idea, Robin. Uh, how do we get tickets? Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my bat phone. I promise to love you in good times and in bad, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. On your wedding day, you made this vow to your spouse in the presence of God and all those present. These are not words to be taken lightly. And the reality is that the responsibilities of marriage and family can be challenging at times. Good times can become bad in the blink of an eye. Things like financial hardship and sickness, among others, very often bring about fears and anxieties that make it difficult to be as loving as we should be. There is a simple Latin phrase to keep on hand when fear and anxiety take over our thoughts. Quid est hoc ad aeternitatum? What is this in the light of eternity? In other words, keep things in proper perspective. While the challenges here on this earth seem like a big deal at the moment, they are but a flash in the pan compared to all of eternity in heaven. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four is the number to call to join our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we ask you some easy questions. I'm looking at the questions here, and I think that it's going to be uh, two out of three very easy questions today. Uh, you can join us by calling eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. We are having a little bit of phone problems, or we could hear the caller, but the caller couldn't hear us, so don't worry about that. Uh, we can see you on the line. Uh, today on the Fear and Trembling Game Show, just so you know, the, the number to call is 877-757-9424. Uh, we just had someone drop off the call. They were on the line, and they just dropped off, but don't worry. We're going to have someone on the show, I'm sure. 877-757-9424. You can join us in that way. Uh, it's really easy. The game show is really easy. All you do is we're going to ask three questions. I'm going to ask Tito and I'm going to ask Rudy. And they're going to tell us 
what the uh, they're going to give me an answer, and it's your job to discern who's right, who's wrong, who's lying to you, who's being tricky, and it's your job to try to figure out. And it'll be very simple, very easy for you to do. And today, this week, we're going to be giving away a prize. Tito, uh, what prize are we giving away? Today, we are giving away the CBT CDT prize pack. Awesome, awesome. And so we're probably going to be giving away a coffee cup of Divine Providence signed by the CDT team. And we'll be throwing in some extra goodies. Ooh, very secret, secret passage. Uh, but that's going to be uh, the game prize for today. Uh, but joining us right now is Scott. Uh, good morning to you, Scott. Scott, can you hear me? Scott, are you there? Let's see. Uh, t- let's see if we are having... So it seems as though we're having some phone problems at the moment. I'm not able to see exactly what's going on. Uh, but we will get that figured out and get them on the line in just a moment. Uh, but we're going to be playing our game show, Fear and Trembling, where the questions are not very difficult. Uh, it'll be very simple for us to get them on the board and uh, let's see if we have somebody on the line. Uh, Antonio, can you can you hear me? Let's see. Antonio, is, uh, are you there? Uh, Rudy, is the call line uh, on? So they can. Yeah, let's go to line two. We have uh, Monica on the line. Monica, are you there? Good morning. There you go. See, we we're having some uh, phone problems today. Uh, not sure what that was about, but we will definitely have to get that figured out. Uh, good morning to you, Monica. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Houston. Awesome. Praise be to God. Monica, what parish do you go to? St. Francis Cabrini. Oh, St. Francis Cabrini. This is Monica, a this repeat Monica. caller. Good morning to you. <laughs> good morning. That's good to hear your voice Happy again. Happy St. Valentine's Day. Happy St. Valentine's Day to you as well. Do you have any special plans for today? Going back to work. Going back to work. A bunch of kick kids all last week and this week, so I'm going back to work today. <laughs> That's. Uh, it seems like everybody's getting sick right now. Yeah. But and you survived <laughs> it. Out. You survived it. You survived all the sickness. Did you? Were you able to uh, come out unscathed? Nope. I nope. was the first one. Oh no. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't worry. I'm sure that uh, you were able to offer up those sufferings. For a, a greater purpose, right? That's correct. Amen, amen. Well, Monica, uh, you're familiar with how our game works. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right. Well, let's start with Rudy. Let's see. Rudy, are you ready? I am ready. Well, the question is, who is the mediatrix of all graces? Who is the mediatrix? Okay, that sounds like a female, but I think this is a trick question, Adrian, because grace only comes from our Lord. So I'm going to say it's our Lord. Okay. All right. Uh, Rudy seems to think that the mediatrix of all graces is our Lord. That's very interesting. Uh, Let's go with Tito. Tito. Hi. Who is the mediatrix of all graces? Yes, I I agree with Rudy. The mediatrix does denote female. So... Right now, the greatest person on this planet after Jesus, I would say Mary. Okay, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Tito says. So, Monica, this is uh, seems to be a very straightforward question. It seems a little tricky, 
But the question is, who is the mediatrix of all graces? Rudy seems to think that the answer is our Lord, Jesus Christ, whereas Tito seems to think that it's the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, Monica, 15 seconds on the clock. Uh, what say you? Is it Rudy? Is it Tito? Is it Mary? Is it our Lord? What say you, Monica? Well, I hope Tito's not playing tricks on me. I'm going to go with Tito. Nailed it. Way to go, Monica. Congratulations. Very good. Very good. Yes, the mediatrix, the suffix tricks, symbolizes or signifies, rather, a woman. So no our Lord here. is the mediator and our lady is the mediatrix. Very clear, right? That's right. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's jump into question number two, Tito. The question is, what is the name of the box attached to the side of the sanctuary that houses the holy oils? What is the name of the box attached? Okay, I'm going for the barrel box. The barrel box. That's where they keep the oil. Okay, the barrel box. Okay, I've never heard of this uh, barrel box. Is it uh, if it's a barrel box? Is it a barrel or is it a box? It's oh, that's a good. That's it's a, okay, the well, there you go. Barrel. It's it's like a it's like a paradox. Very interesting. <laughs> oh. Very very interesting. Okay, uh, Rudy, the same question to you. What is the name of the box attached to the side of the sanctuary that houses the holy oils? That's uh, known as the Kallax. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the Ikea name. Actually, it's Ambry. Ambry is the traditional name of that box. Okay. The Ambry, you say? Yes. All right. Well, Ambry seems to uh, make more sense than a a barrel box. Because aren't barrels round? How could it be a box? That's very interesting. But Ambry, I've, I've never heard this term. So it could be that could be a trick, too. Um, who knows? Monica, this question is for you. What is the name of the box attached to the side of the sanctuary that houses the holy oils? Is it, as Rudy says, an ambry? Or is it, as Tito says, a barrel box? Ambry, uh, Monica, rather, 15 seconds on the clock. What say you? I'm going to go with Rudy. You're going to go with Rudy. Nailed it. Very good, Monica. Two for two. No tricking you, Monica. You know your faith clearly, right? Let me know. I'm learning from you guys. Did you know Ambry before before this this question was asked? You knew I that, right? Not. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barrel Box is a good answer. I would have probably went with Barrel Box. <laughs> uh, but let's jump into question number three, Rudy. We'll go back to you. All right. What is the Italian word used to denote the external adaption of the church's laws and the institutions to the times? Uh, yes, when they adapt the church's laws, institutions, you have to take a sip of your coffee, and it has to be an espresso, so you go, aggiornamento. Oh, wow. That's do you have to do called. the hand motion as well? You got to, aggiornamento. Aggiornamento. Okay, okay. That's very good, very Zabby. good. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe that might be correct. It might be wrong, but it definitely sounds Italian. That's for sure. Uh, Tito. I'm going yes. to give you the same question. The question is, what is the Italian word used to denote the external adaptation of the church's laws and institutions to the times? I would have to say uh, ricatonamento. Ricatonamento. Yep. That sounds delicious. I'm not going to lie. 
Yes. Uh, sounds like I'm a, a bit hungry. Like kind of like sounds kind of like a spaghetti to be me. Uh, but Monica, what say you? The question is, what is the Italian word used to denote the external adaptation of the church's laws and institutions to the times? Is it as Rudy said, aggiornamento, or is it as Tito says in rigatonimento? I'm gonna go with Rudy. You're gonna go with Rudy. Nailed it! Wow, how three did for you three. Get that? You get three uh, tickets into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. So very good, Monica. You have succeeded. It was very easy, right? Actually, no. It's harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it was hard, but I got all three. It's trickier. <laughs> well, aggiornamento it means to bringing up to date or to modernize. And so that was a, a thing that was done. And it was a very popular phrase used uh, at, in the 1960s and saying that the church needs an aggiornamento. It needs to be brought up to date. It needs to modernize. Uh, so that was the, the phrase. And it was usually done over, as Rudy said, a, a cup of coffee uh, where they drank their cafe. Not, not an Americano, though, because Italians don't like Americanos. Sounds so similar to regressive mento. Yeah, the other thing they had was aggiornamento and resourcement, which was a resourcement, going back to the sources. Those were the two ideas of the 60s in the church, but it's very interesting. But thank you, Monica, for uh, calling in and being our caller today. If you uh, want to hang on uh, to the line so we can get your contact information, make sure you do so, so that way we can call you and let you know that you have won the prize on Friday if your name is drawn from the coffee cup of Divine Providence. Thank you, guys. God bless you, and welcome, Tito. You guys are doing a great job. Thank, Thank you, Monica. Monica. God bless you. I'm going to put you on hold, so stay on the line, and we'll get your contact information in just one moment. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow morning is a new show. We're going to talk about Lent some more. This time, instead of a meditation, we're going to talk about practical practices. What should you be doing for Lent? Tomorrow morning, that's going to be our discussion. Join us 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And if you can, join us in our social media streams. In just one moment, we're going to be going live on our social media streams. where We will we'll be talking with you directly, so make sure you do so. Hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, all those platforms, and we'll be able to interact with you directly. If not, we'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. God love you, God bless you, and see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. ourladyofcorpuschristi.org or salt.net. Today we celebrate the memorial of Saints Cyril and Methodius. The intention for this holy sacrifice of the Mass is for all of our online viewers 
ever those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, Alleluia, praise the everlasting King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who enlightened, enlightened the Slavic peoples through the, through the brothers St. Cyril and Methodius, grant that our hearts may grasp the words of your teaching and perfect us as a people of one accord in true faith and right confession. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. reading from the book of Genesis. When the Lord saw, Lord saw how great was man's wickedness on earth, and how no desire that his heart conceived was ever anything but evil, he regretted that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was grieved. So the Lord said, I will wipe out from the earth the men whom I have created, and not only the men, but also the beasts and the creeping things and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household. For you alone in this age have I found to be truly just. Of every clean animal, take with you seven pairs, a male and its mate. And of the unclean animals, one pair, a male and its mate. Likewise, of every clean bird of the air, seven pairs, a male and a female. And of all of the unclean birds, one pair a male and a female. Thus you will keep the issue alive over all the earth. Seven days from now I will bring down rain upon the earth for forty days and forty nights, and so I will wipe out from the surface of the earth every moving creature that I have made. Noah did just as the Lord had commanded him. As soon as the seven days were over, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. The word of the Lord. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Give to the Lord, you sons of God. Give to the Lord glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Adore the Lord in holy attire. 
the Lord will bless his people with peace. The voice of the Lord is over the waters, the Lord over vast waters. The voice of the Lord is mighty, the voice of the Lord is majestic. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The God of glory thunders, and in his temple all say glory. The Lord is enthroned above the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Whoever loves me will keep my word, says the Lord, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. Jesus enjoined them, Watch out, guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They concluded among themselves that it was because they had no bread. When he became aware of this, he said to them, Why do you conclude that it is because you have no bread? Do you not yet understand or comprehend? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and not see, ears and not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many wicker baskets full of fragments you picked up? They answered him, Twelve. When I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many full baskets of fragments did you pick up? They answered him, Seven. He said to them, Do you still not understand? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The opening line in that first reading from the book of Genesis is very telling. The Lord saw how great man was man's wickedness on earth and how no desire that his heart conceived was anything but evil. You could describe that probably describes any culture almost after the fall. And yet there's one man, Noah who seems to be able to rise above it all. He's literally going to do that when the flood came, comes because he's built the ark. He's followed the direction of the Lord to build an ark that's to be able to float, to go over the waters of destruction, to pass over uh, to, a, to a new world. Noah was, he was not influenced by the culture around him. He kept his eyes on God and he kept his eyes on the promise and because of this, he found favor with God. And of course, God spares him and his family uh, to, and helps him to come over the waters of destruction. It has, that's, there's a similar thing that goes on in the gospel today. Interesting, as Noah builds his ark to go over the waters, so the disciples are with Jesus on a boat. And Jesus warns him, he says, watch out. Watch out for the leaven, guard against the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. One of the enemies that we fight in our spiritual struggle uh, in, this, uh, in this in this world is 
the world, the culture around us, which influences us in so many different ways. Uh, we probably don't even recognize all, all the ways that it, that it affects us, the way we begin to think, how we react to things, our expectations, what we think should happen. Probably just need to look at advertising today to have some sense of what we would easily fall into. Because they, we, we assume that those things are going to make us happy, and they don't. So the leaven of this world starts to kind of affect us. But that leaven is old. It is Jesus who has the true leaven, who is the gospel. The leaven of his resurrection, which truly raises everything up. Up and beyond all of the wickedness and evil that we see in this world. Two things I think we could point out. One, being on that boat with Jesus is really reminds us that to be above our culture, to keep our eyes on the Lord, to keep our hearts on his promises as Noah did, is really, like, is really being in the church. Even though the church goes through this very rough time and it looks like it's taking on a lot of water and maybe even sinking sometimes, Jesus is in the boat. He is with us. He is in control. It is his church. And when we find ourselves in that boat, we find that we have great protection. We need to nourish ourselves constantly by the teachings of the church in order to remain faithful to Jesus in an unfaithful world. Those, those, those teachings of Jesus, and of course then to fill our hearts, to fill our souls with the bread of life, with Jesus himself in the Eucharist, that will help to leaven us up above, to raise us up above all, the, all the, the world and everything that tries to bring us down, to pull us away from God. We need to be in that safe boat, and we need to nourish ourselves with Jesus, with his leaven. Vatican II reminded, especially the laity, that they are, be, they are to be the leaven in the world. So either we are going to be, are we, we're going to be raised up and it's, the leaven of this world is really like old leaven, which if, if you wanted to make a cake or some nice um, uh, muffins or anything, and it comes out flat. And maybe, it, maybe it, 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 it has some good taste, but it doesn't look very good because it didn't raise correctly. But we were nourished by Jesus in the Eucharist, nourished by the teaching of the church that will raise our minds and our souls and our hearts above all of the ugliness below us and we can go over the waters of destruction into the and remain in the kingdom of god we are to be a leaven in the world just like jesus is the salt and the light of the world so it's not just to guard against those things but to spread the gospel to give that new leaven to a world that is hungry that is hungry for jesus is hungry for his truth and the church is the one that holds that treasure most securely let us ask the lord to help us to be nourished by his leaven which raises us above all the wickedness and evil raises our hearts out of the wickedness and evil that we that we find even in our own hearts and keeps us uh, with him and abiding in him in the church
Let us bring now our prayers and petitions to our Heavenly Father. We pray for the Holy Church of God, that it may be like the, the ark, the boat, which carries that treasure of the Lord's grace and his teaching to a world that is in darkness and sin. We pray to the Lord. Let us pray for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, that they may be converted, return to the Lord, that the leaven of his teaching and of the Eucharist would raise them above their sin, we pray to the Lord. Let us pray for all those who are sick and who are suffering. We're always mindful of those who, in, in Turkey and Syria who are experiencing so much difficulty from the earthquake, for those who have become homeless, those who have no food, those who have no shelter, those who have lost their families. We pray especially for them. We pray to the Lord. Let us pray for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. For those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, we pray that the grace of God may truly be a leaven in their lives, raising them above all the wickedness and evil in the world and carrying them, to, uh, carrying them across the waters of death to eternal life. We pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, hear the prayers we bring before you this day. Answer them according to your holy will, through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God. Pray to the beloved that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Lord, accept the sacrifice with your hands. We praise and glory of his name for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look, O Lord, upon the offerings which we bring before your majesty in commemoration of St. Cyril of Methodius, and grant that these gifts may become the sign of a new humanity, reconciled to you in loving charity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For in the marvelous confession of your saints, you make your church fruitful with strength ever new and offer us sure signs of your love. And that your saving mysteries may be fulfilled, their great example lends us courage, courage 
their fervent prayer sustains us in all we do. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks, as in exaltation we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni Sunceli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna, in to you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants. And all gathered here whose faith and devotion are known to you, for them we offer you the sacrifice of praise, or they offer it for themselves and all who are dear to them, for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, and all your saints, we ask that through their merits and prayers in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace, and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation, and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven, to you, O God, as Almighty Father, giving you thanks. He said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And once more giving you thanks, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands. And once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. 
For by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ, your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants, who those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies. Graciously grant some share in fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord. Through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord, you sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, 
Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. You should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. those who are unable to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion at this time, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Let us pray. O God, Father of all nations, who make us sharers in the one bread and the one spirit, and heirs of the eternal banquet, grant in your kindness on this feast day of Saints Cyril Methodius that the multitude of your, of your children, persevering in the same faith, may be united in building up the kingdom of justice and peace through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb.
The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. KSHJ 1430